Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, James needed to get out of the Myrtle Beach area to recharge. Oh, so, it was glorious. Yeah, so of course, um, WotC dropped the biggest ban announcement maybe ever on our yeah, heads. Yeah, it was pretty insane. It was like out of nowhere, right? Yeah, it was just like Ian Duke rolled out of bed and was like, let's murder some formats. I got a hammer, let's swing it. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that a lot today. So if you want to get at us on Twitter, you can uh, find us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can hit us up on Facebook, Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do that at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, we're going to do a little bit of finance talk a little bit later in the episode. So make sure if you're looking to pick up any singles, you use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will help support the show just a tiny little bit. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Our patrons get early access to our show notes. I try and post them the day before the show goes live. And you also get to listen to our pre-show ramblings, which can be about anything and everything because we don't get to see each other anymore. So the only time that we really listen to each other, like actual voices, is before the, we record the show. So you get yeah. to hear about whatever's going on in our world. I would like to say that James did don a mask and he and his wife came over to drop off a package for the uh, the young Gavin. That is true. We which, did. Which we appreciated. And as we were showing him Gavin, Gavin threw up on me. It was standard, <laughs> standard Gavin activities. I expected no less. Yes. Yeah, I felt bad when you stopped over the other day because I was looking for my mask and I think I had just put it in the washing machine. I couldn't actually find it, so eh. I answered the door maskless. Yeah, well, I answered the door maskless when you showed up. We just stayed, stood far apart. That's it's true. Fine. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. <coughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. Sorry. Just kidding. Uh, the cops. Okay. <coughs> oh, no. Uh, so, and then we got one more thing, and yeah. that's the YouTube. We do. We have a YouTube. And James is... I already started politicking to do an Amonkhet draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked Amonkhet. I kind of dug it. Yeah. And I know I've got some time this weekend free. and I can I find think some. we've got a little bit of time free this weekend, so hopefully we'll get that recorded and yeah. get it posted. I'd we'll, like to do it actually before the weekend, but yeah, we should, we'll see if that happens. We should try to like at least do something for each set. One day, people. One day. One day we'll get our get our act together. And then we have the Discord, which has been relatively active as of late, and a lot of people have like come in. Yeah, there was a lot of new faces in there. I was pleasantly surprised when I saw that while I was on vacation. Yeah? Yeah, was kind of busy not thinking about anything, so I wasn't super active while I was gone, but I chimed in once or twice. Yeah, so did I. Um, you know, parenting and whatnot, but, you know, hey, yeah. hey I got to like parent and like stay up to date on like the hottest new standard format. So, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the hottest new standard format. What happened? So on Monday, uh Wizards abandoned their previous precedent around the ban mm -hmm. and restricted announcement. And they You mean the ban restricted announcement announcement? Yes. The yeah. hey, you have a week to not buy cards slash Yeah like emotionally prepare for this. And they just came out and were like, boom, bands. And yep. it was like, oh, when are these bands uh, being enforced? 
right now, as you're reading this, these cards have been banned on all platforms. Yeah, that was kind of weird, too, because the title of the article was set for, like, five days after the announcement. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, it said August 8th, then it came out on the 5th or something, or the 3rd. They may have just changed their mind and been like, why bother? They may have been planning to do the announcement or whatever, and then we're just like... Why bother? So their rash before we get into what got banned, their mm-hmm. rationale for changing their ban announcement was no one plays with paper cards. So right. we are right now a wholly digital game. Right. So in their eyes at least. Yeah. I mean, they're still making paper product. But the only way anyone's interacting with their game right now is digitally. There's a lot of buzz about uh, like playing over Skype or video or whatever. Like there's a lot of people playing Commander over video. I've seen Pioneer Leagues, like paper Pioneer Leagues played over video. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I have, for, for I, the most part, people are just playing digitally. I have a tripod for my phone and a ring light. We can make this Ooh. happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or... I'll be on TikTok before it gets banned. One of the two. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they were like, hey, we're a digital game now. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to put this one week lead time in for right. you to put together a new deck for FNM or whatever because you're just playing digitally. So we're just going to ban this now and yeah. try to fix our digital offering yeah. so that you know you people are more happy. I personally, when I saw the BNR, I thought that, um, so Pioneer, I think we mentioned this before, Pioneer had not been firing on Magic Online. Right. And I was like, I'm guessing that they're getting some like terrible data for Arena. Probably. Where it's like, what else do people have to do? And people's responses are anything but this. <laughs> and so, because yeah. I mean, me personally, I've chewed through like three or four video games and I haven't like played a video game start to finish in yeah. years. And I've chewed through four since the end times. Yeah. So. I'm sure I've, that goes for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that were like, well, I'm not having fun like grinding standard. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something else. So Wizards, I think, might have had to be like, we need to do something because, I don't know, Q3 is looking pretty bad on paper sales. Yeah. We got to, like, move some digital stuff. Yeah. So what were the bands? So we lost, in standard, we we lost Wilderness Reclamation, Growth Spiral, uh, Teferi, and Cauldron Familiar. Woohoo! Yeah. So they basically nuked all of the top tier decks. Yeah. The my favorite of those bands was the explanation for why Cauldron Familiar got banned. All right. Let's uh let's enlighten people if they haven't read the uh read the release. It basically was like it's too hard to cl- click through on Arena. Yeah. Your it's, digital game. Your digital game, it's too hard to click through. Maybe you yeah. should make your digital game easier, easier to, to click, click through. through. Yeah, it, yeah. It was like of all the reasons. I mean, Yes, like having Jund Sack be the new default best deck is yeah. a problem when, you know, you're basically using an abacus to get through the end of your turn. Right. You're just like, oh, 
click, 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 click. Oh, now I go to my turn. Do click, it again. Click, click, click. Yeah. yeah. So I can totally see, but I just thought it was funny. They were just like, yeah, this isn't really optimized for digital. <laughs> it's like, why not? Yeah. So, yeah, they got rid of Wilderness Wreck, which has been a problem for 18 months. Yep. They got rid of Growth Spiral, which has been a problem for 18 months. Right. They got rid of Teferi, which has been a problem for 15 months. 18 months, months. yeah. And they got rid of Cauldron Familiar, which just invalidated random decks. Yeah, it made aggro really hard to play. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it was clunky. Also, like Cauldron Familiar decks, it doesn't matter what's around the Cauldron Familiar. It's just like repetitive to play against. You know what I mean? If you see Witches of in Cauldron Familiar, you know, number one, your game's going to take a while. And number two, it's like you know exactly what's going to happen. Nothing is ever going to change that interaction. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. going to be there for the duration of the game. Yeah, you're in a situation where I think I've said this before. You know how the game's going to end, right? You just know that it's going to take minimum twenty turns to get there. Yeah. Right. The game ends with you losing to getting pinged by a cauldron familiar. Right. Right. And I think that card, that card would have been. Maybe not fine, but if it lost the you gain a life, it certainly would have been better, right? Then you could try to race it. Yeah, right. It wouldn't be like you know, I attack with a three three and a two two, and they're like, "Well, block your three three, sack the cat, take two, but I'll gain one back." So I only took one. Right. Right. So like swing for five, only lost me one life. Yeah, and like it basically blocks four power worth yeah. of attacker and it's like that's just it's just awkward yeah if it was just the it was just the deal one damage yeah like i think it's better because again yeah. it's raceable but right. yeah so basically we've now removed all but one of the big mana engines out of standard <laughs> right yeah which one's left nissa yeah which we were talking in the pre-show that we were playing a teamer deck that had Niv Mizzen in it for reasons that make no sense. It's a fun card. It is a fun card. But every time my Saltai Ramp opponent resolved Nissa, I went, oh my God, I have to kill this right now or the game ends. <laughs> yeah. Like every single time. So we've lost Wilderness Wreck in Fires. So there's only one way to double your mana. But oh no, it's limited to just forests. Too bad you can play pretty much mono forests. Right. And still get other colors of mana. Oh, yeah. Well, with the triomes and the shock lands. Yeah. Right. But that's good that we've lost a four mana enchantment engine. Mm-hmm. Growth Spiral just kind of like propped up kind of all the the ramp decks. Like between, yeah. Gross, between Growth Spiral and Uro you just had too many of the explore type effect. Right. I think that like that problem is compounded with Nissa though. Yeah. Because then you just get to Nissa into it and you're getting extra forests for Nissa. So like you get Nissa earlier and you have, you know, all of the forests that you want. Yeah. Like I think if growth spiral stays, you just end up playing a bunch of, well, I think the salt decks are just way better. Yeah. 
or whatever like teamery mid-range deck right so we talked about how cauldron familiar prevented like attacking on the ground mm-hmm. teferi prevented playing at instant speed so it's another card that just kind of like invalidated a large swath of text boxes well i think teferi also prevented like traditional mid-range yeah like, you... we've said a bunch of times on the show that all mid-range has been lately in standard is who can go bigger. And I yeah. mean, that's not really mid-range. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're kind of rampy decks that. Yeah. And like Teferi is the, is the driving force behind that. Like Teferi just locks up turns three through five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like n- nothing can happen in those turns because it's all about Teferi. Yeah. Cause what ends up happening is right. You play your three drop. And if it's not something that gets you value immediately, yeah. It just gets bounced to your hand. And so, they draw a card. Yeah. And so that eliminates a large number of possible three drops you can play, which right. is why a lot of the th- uh, the creatures that are getting played, they've just stapled haste onto. Yeah. Because, like, Gruel Spellbreaker without uh, haste mm-hmm. is, like, stone unplayable. Oh, yeah. Because you just play it on three and your opponent bounces it. Right. Right. Same with like questing beast. Questing beast has to have haste, you know, mm-hmm. a super green ability haste. Yeah. Um, because if you just played your questing beast and it just got bounced. Right. Like you, that's the game just ends. Yeah, pretty much. And so you can't play a three drop that doesn't do something or have haste mm-hmm. because Teferi, cause it's like bounce. And then, like you said, the next turn has to be, how do I get rid of the Teferi? Right. And then the turn after that has to be, did I get rid of the Teferi? Okay, how do I get rid of it? Because right. then they just bounce your play again. Right. While they're still doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like really Teferi sometimes is kind of almost like an Uro. Where In a lot of ways, yeah. Where it draws you a card, gains you three life. Yeah, prevents some damage. Yeah, and instead of like, putting you ahead on mana it puts them behind on mana right and it's just like oh that effect is no good have you seen any screenshots of the like wizards like help section for arena no No. there are people that were writing saying that teferi was bugged because my opponent didn't plus this turn but i can't play any of my spells it must be bugged Oops. Why don't you fix this? Like the plus one is not active. I can't yeah. cast my spells. This is bugged. You need to fix it. So yeah. there was at least some part of the player base that I assume, you know, is newer or less enfranchised ability that realized that didn't realize that the card just made it so you couldn't do anything. People right. were like, I can't cast this spell to kill it. And right. it's like, that's literally the point. Right. But why people play the card. Yeah. But if you have a large section of your player base that's right. like, this is super dumb, this is no fun, clearly yeah. clearly you couldn't have meant for the card to do this right? because who would make a card that does this? <laughs> you might have a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, they took care of, like, some problem cards, mm-hmm. and I think Cauldron Familiar, which may have become a problem in the future 
if yeah, it, that, if I mean, it was, that was one of the things that they said in the article was like part of the reason for the ban was because they didn't like the play patterns and it wasn't fun, whatever. But part of it also was to prevent future issues. Like all the rest of these cards would have rotated in September, except for Cauldron Familiar, yeah. which would have stuck around and still had this insane value engine that just you know ends games eventually. Yeah. Are we rapidly approaching on Throne of Eldraine having the most banned cards ever? Oh, probably. We're at four, yeah. right? I mean, Mirrodin had more, right? Because it had all five uh, oh, yeah. artifact lands. But we have Oko, Fires, Cauldron Familiar. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. I don't think yeah. I'm missing one. I guess M20 has yeah. Agent, Field, and Veil. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that was standard. Like, I think they just wanted to get people. So this is also another thing to point out as I cut off my thought is this is the point in every standard where everyone stops playing. Uh, Yeah. Just in general, traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. Like August into rotation, people just stop because like, why do I want to play a whole bunch with this format? Cause it's going to like be totally gone in a month and a half. Yeah. It's never going to exist again. The decks typically don't port to other formats. Right. I mean, if you think about a year ago, this was when we just ran dinosaurs into vampires. Right. For, and like no one was super thrilled about that format. Yeah. Not so much that it was bad as much as it was, why bother? Because Soren's a good card, but Soren's only a good card because Ixalan's in the format. Right. And as soon as Ixalan goes away, Soren becomes bulk. Right. Which effectively happened. A bulk mythic, mm-hmm. so it's like 2 or $3 or whatever. Maybe a little bit more because it was a vampire commander stuff. But my point being that you just, like people just lose interest so mm-hmm. this is a good way to get people excited about the format mm-hmm. is to be like, hey, it's a totally new format. Like you can start brewing around interactions that you might get to play in the next format because yeah. these things that were oppressing everything are now gone. Yeah, we're going to come back and touch on that a little bit later in the episode. But basically what Wizards said like in their opening statement for the standard section was that they they realized that everything was going to rotate anyway. So it wasn't you know super needed right now, but they w- did want to make changes to shake up the metagame. That, that was one of their driving forces yeah. behind the announcement. So Yeah. So the next uh, was the Pioneer Bands. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So before we talk about the actual bands, um, they made two kind of interesting statements before or like reasons behind the bands that they made. Number one is something that everybody's been saying for a while and you've talked about and I think we've talked about it on the show before. And that's that all you can do in Pioneer right now is combo. Yeah, and it comes down to something that happens in formats is like you get one you get cards that never meant to were never meant to be together but right. they're there but then the answers that like exist in older formats aren't there either aren't there so you get these like you get 
80% of a modern combo deck. Right. But you're missing all the interaction that would be useful against it. Right. Or something like that. So you get like, so then the format kind of splits to trying to get under the combo deck Mm -hmm. and the combo deck. Right. Which is where like, you know, if you think about Pioneer, even back in February, right, it was like, you know, a bunch of aggressive decks, inverter, uh, Lotus Field. Right. And then like Niv kind of doing his own thing. Yeah. Living his best life. But yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, one the 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 metagame was very combo heavy. Yep. And the other thing that they said was that they saw a large decrease in the number of players that were entering the Magic Online events. Yes, and this is something that has been brought up repeatedly that they couldn't like the 16 person like challenges or whatever 32 person events wouldn't fire. Yeah. You couldn't get 16 people on a Saturday to want to play pioneer. Yeah. So like I kind of had, I had a couple questions about that statement. Like it, is it because pioneer was bad? I mean, I'm sure that's partially to do with it, but there's also like a couple of other things going on here. There was, in the time period that they stated they had, you know, a large decrease in the number of players in Magic Online Pioneer events, they also just like injected a whole bunch of cards into Historic and had a Historic tournament that mattered. Yeah. Were people just playing Historic because it was new and there was something that mattered attached to it? I mean, it could be that. It could also just be, I was trying to think of like a good analogy. But I don't know, like, if you can play Pong on an Atari yeah, or play Pong on a PlayStation 4. Right. Right? That's the same game. Yeah. But one's going to be way more polished and have way more bells and whistles and look way nicer and be easier to use. Right. You're going to gravitate to the one that's easier to use. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're going to be like, I want to play the PlayStation 4 version of Pong because, man, it looks really good. Yeah as opposed to playing the, you know, Atari version, which is basically Magic Online, the Atari of Magic. Mm -hmm. So, like, how much of that is just, like, I don't want to play on Magic Online because Arena's a better interface. Right. And also, like, this is something that I have found is just being untenable, which Mm. is, so... The the rental services are fine. Yeah. The one we that we tried was meh, but whatever. A lot of people swear yep. by them, right? Yep. But even if you want to put together like, I wanted to put together like just like a tier Z like deck for Pioneer on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. That's if I just wanted to buy it, it was like two or three hundred dollars. Yeah. Like so, like even if you have people that are like, I play arena, this pioneer thing sounds cool. I will get over the hurdle to use Magic Online. Yeah. But now, I've now got to spend two or three hundred dollars to put together the deck I want to play. Uh, I was just gonna say a lot of times, like the decks for Magic Online aren't any cheaper than decks in paper, especially now that arena's here. Like people don't draft on Magic Online anymore, so a lot of those 
like a lot of the cards that would normally be injected into the economy just don't exist because people aren't drafting. Yeah. And then, or so you have that, like where, where it costs money, or you have to use a rental service where you have to like go yeah. to like some third party site, mm-hmm. get your cards, go into the client and do all this like stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a very high hurdle. So even like if there's a bunch of excitement around Pioneer, if the format gets a little stale, people are going to like jump ship. Yeah. Because like, I don't know how many people are going to spend, like have the collections to like grind Pioneer to make the iterations and make the changes needed. And like the other thing which we've brought up before is like, why am I going to play Pioneer? Why am I going to jump through all these hoops? if there's nothing of like value like yeah. attached to it. And right. again, we're, we're paper boomers, right? We consider like <laughs> value, yes. like physical tournaments that have like meaning. Right. Right. Like maybe I would like, you know, go through the rigmarole of getting a rental service. If I had a pioneer GP in November, Mm-hmm. Right, like okay, I want to spend my time trying to make sure I'm ready for this tournament. Right, right. Okay, Magic Online, you're gonna get my money for me to enter these events. Right, for the next month or two or whatever. Yeah. But instead, like, there's not, there's none of that. Right. Right. It's like playing Magic Online to like win a tournament, so you can then try to win a tournament to qualify for the Pro Tour or something. Right, which is gonna be an arena anyway. At your house. Right. <laughs> that you're going to have to like have an arena collection for. Yeah. So why don't I just like try to get my arena collection and then do the qualifying through arena? Yeah. It seems easier. Yep. Yeah. So I think that like just saying, well, the format's bad. So that's why no one's playing pioneer is mm-hmm. part of it. And so I watched a, a Saffron Olive played a pioneer dredge, just like, flip your own deck over play euros mm-hmm. and get prized amalgams and silver smoke ghouls and stuff. Right. Yeah. But he repeatedly said at the beginning of his video, I've been on a pioneer hiatus because the format was so bad. Yeah. So there was probably some of that as well. Just, well, I don't want to play the format because the format's no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that go into why they weren't getting things to fire. So what did they ban? What went away? All of the combo decks. Like we lost, literally all of them. Yeah. We lost Inverter of Truth, which means that deck cannot exist anymore. It cannot. It can, it can kind yep. of exist in modern, but it doesn't have the good delve cards to empty its uh, graveyard. Right. So it basically can't exist anywhere. Right. We lost Kethys, which means that deck cannot exist anymore, even though it had previously been shadow banned like 17 times. Yes. Well, they un- they gave us Oath of Nissa back, and then people started playing Kethys and yeah. started doing well with it. And they were just like, nope, 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 can't, <laughs> nope, 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 can't, can't have that happen. Yeah. Uh, we lost Walking Ballista, oh, which man. was the Heliod combo, right? Yeah, so apparently Mono White was doing really well because you would just play like a Walking Ballista and then get a second counter on it somehow play a Heliod, give it lifelink, and kill someone. So mm-hmm. the exact combo 
that everyone who saw Heliod saw. Yeah. Within five minutes of Heliod being spoiled, they they banned it now. Yep. And, and we also lost Underworld Breach. Which um printing a better Yagmoth's will was a bad <laughs> idea. Surprise, surprise. And everyone who saw that card said <laughs> This is a better Yagmoth's will. Why are you printing a card that is restricted in vintage? Right. Into all the formats. Yep. So they went to, I guess they just decided that they were going to just get rid of all the combo, get mm-hmm. rid of like future combo because Kethis wasn't really killing it. Right. But Kethis could just get there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Walking Ballista died for Heliod Sins. Mm hmm. And Underworld Breach is a horrific magic card that is somehow <laughs> somehow banned in Pioneer and Legacy, but is free to chill out in Modern because no one has cared enough to break it. It can't well, be okay in Modern. I mean, I don't think anyone really cares about Modern, though. Fair. It's kind, of, kind of the same arguments for Pioneer apply to Modern. Like, yeah. the only way to play Modern right now is on Magic. It's the garbage program. The... You know, deck renting sites are a little bit awkward and make you feel like you're cheating somehow. And then there's no events. So why are you putting all this money into modern yeah. on Magic Online if there's no events? Yeah, but just like, it's just funny that it's like, it's too good for Pioneer. Yeah. Too good for Legacy. But it's fine for modern. Yeah, it's like, fine. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, so it's funny that they're like, ugh. People just don't like playing combo decks. <laughs> Why do you keep printing busted combo cards? Yeah. If you don't want people to play combo. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Like, Inverter is only good because of Thassa's Oracle. Mm-hmm. Right? And to be honest, Jace Wheeler of Mysteries, not exactly an okay card either. Right. Right, like having the weird alternate alternate win condition stapled onto it. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically, a War of the Spark card, and then a year later or nine months later, a Throne of Eldraine card mm-hmm. get inverter banned when inverter had saw zero play since Actual it was zero. printed. Yeah, I don't even think I saw play unlimited. Yeah, it was because what do you? I tried, like, okay, I'm going to play a four-mana 6-6 six, six and have three cards in my deck. You're at 20. Yeah. Oh, wait, the math doesn't work. I still die. <laughs> Oops. Oh, no, you killed it. Well, I'm boned. Yeah. Right. Right, so they print two, like, alternate win condition cards that win on the same alternate win condition Yeah. within a year of each other, so they have to get rid of Inverter, right? Yeah. Weird. Like, Kethis... Kethis does not read like a combo card. No, yeah, that's really it's, strange. It's a value mid range card, is how it reads, but yeah. you printed a mox. Right. And so you just get like free moxes. You get mm-hmm. free mana from Kethis. So like Kethis really goes away because of Mox Amber? Yeah, kind of. Right? Like, because I mean, you play some pretty bad cards around Kethis, like Diligent right. Excavator. Yeah, is not, not like, exactly tearing it up. No, 
but that's what you have to do. But that card isn't like a combo card. It's really right. Mox Amber. Like if Mox Amber wasn't in the format, mm-hmm. Cathos doesn't do anything. Yeah. So this or goes. Emery. I mean, Emery helps too. Emery helps too, but like still, you can't. The way that deck wins is it just loops Mox Ambers. Right. And generates mana so it can Thassa's Oracle. And, well, if you didn't print, like, a Mox Amber, like, that mm-hmm. card, they tried to make it so it wasn't good. They didn't right. get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not good outside of, you know, a specific combo deck. Yeah, outside of degenerate decks. Right. It's not good. Then why did you print the card that's only good in a de- in degenerate decks if you're like, people don't like degenerate decks? Yeah. Because the degenerate deck was in standard. <laughs> it, was, it was. It's not like they can say, oh, we don't play test Pioneer or Modern, so we missed it. Right. No, son. It was in standard, the format mm-hmm. you're supposed to play test. <laughs> yeah. And then Walking Ballista is, like we said, for Heliod and... Again, everyone saw that combo within like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I don't know how that slid by. Well, I mean, Walking Ballista's, this isn't the first time Walking Ballista's been, you know, in the in the crosshairs. Walking Ballista was, you know, part of the kill for the that mono green Nykthos deck too, right? Yeah, and I mean, if you think about like the, it's where you put infinite mana now. Right. Right. It is homogenized all the ways to win if you can generalize, generate infinite mana. Yep. Right. So, uh, like devoted, uh, Vizier of Remedies, devoted Druid. Yeah. Right. That's where, that's your kill condition. Right. So it, it's just homogenized all of those decks to be, like, to have the same win condition. Yeah. But, like, we weren't generating infinite mana in Pioneer. We were generating. Just we just had to get two counters on it, yeah, to to win. And so it's just, it's funny that like again a a card that was printed in January gets <laughs> yeah because I mean in Pioneer walking ballista without Heliod was fine. Yep. But again, it's a card that's always if you can make a bunch of mana, you're just always gonna put it into walking ballista. Mm-hmm. And then. I already said my piece on Underworld Breach. Card's yeah. stupid. Yep. Why did you print it? <laughs> it broke yeah, legacy for like a month. Right. Right. When the only thing you were supposed to do was play Teferi into Underworld Breach combo you out on turn four. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was all the format was. Yeah. Like this card does nothing good. So I don't know why they keep printing cards that do nothing good. Right. And then are like, huh, this card didn't do anything good. Well, I mean, it, they did one thing good. They moved some packs for a while. They sure did. But, like, I don't know. Like, I fundamentally disagree with the, like, you have to push power level to move packs. Oh, no. I I, I completely agree with you. There was a long time where the game was very good and power level was not super pushed. It, you know, came in cycles. There'd be you know, good sets and bad sets and sets in the middle and like power level kind of, it wavered, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It it didn't like just keep crawling towards the sky or shooting towards the sky like a rocket ship like it has been doing. Yeah. This really changes Pioneer. I think it does two things. Right now it's pushing Pioneer to be a lot of 
to be a little more mid-rangey, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think you're also going to see a lot of like the monocolored aggro decks because they're yeah. super strong. Right. And I think that, you know, this is the time if you're a brewer to find the next turn four combo deck. Yeah. Right? Like this is going back to what Sam Black tweeted in um like November when the format first first put out, which is like if you're Your making job is Yeah, if you're making a deck and you can't pick out the cards that need to be banned, mm-hmm. your deck's not good enough. Right. And just because you banned inverter, kefis, ballista, and underworld breach, right, there's still I do believe it's up here on the shelf, still sleeved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have unsleeved it, or at least in, in perfect fits, is the old uh, Lotus Field combo. Yep. Like, that deck still exists. Yep, and there's also the deck that you want to brew, right? Yeah, like Song of Creation, if you can... Like, it's a little sketchy with um, Mono Black Aggro being so prevalent, like just Thought Seized, getting Thought Seized out of a game. Yeah. But, you know, I, in Historic, I can count on one hand the number of times I've resolved a song and not one. Yeah. And I've played that deck a lot. No, I've played it in Best of One. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... I don't know how it fares when they have a cyborg. Right. But I also know that you just take out all your songs and you put in Sahili's and Sighs. You play a Sigh... <laughs> And then you proceed to make like six thopters and you say, go. It's like making goblins instead of grape shotting people. Yeah. You're just like, oh, you brought in three ways to kill an enchantment. Did you? Ha ha. I brought in a one four that made five friends. (laughs) And now we are hoping you don't have a way to sweep away his five friends. Let's go. Yeah. And I'm now going to sacrifice all these artifact garbage artifacts that I played to draw more cards to do this again. Mm-hmm. Right. So it has a juke. But yeah, like you yep. should be trying to find that next combo deck because mm-hmm. the time to play combo, again, we're not getting to play, but the right. time to play a combo deck is oftentimes when you people think that they've banned combo out of existence. Mm-hmm. Right. The time to play Dredge is when they ban a card out of Dredge and everyone goes, Dredge is dead. Yeah, I don't need my rest in pieces this weekend. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play my four thought seizes, I'm covered. I'm not gonna have any duresses in my sideboard because right. I need more removal to deal with the creature decks. Yep. Right? And you're like, cool. I'm not gonna play any creatures. Right. I'm gonna get you. Right. So, you know, finding that next deck is I mean you also uh, had the epiphany of we still have this format has um oh what is it called paradoxical outcome yes it does right so you just bore to do a psi paradoxical outcome deck mm-hmm. you're like turn three like play a bunch of tormod scripts and bone saws and ornithopters turn four <laughs> pick them all up yeah do it again draw all of the cards here's my astral cornucopia <laughs> now pick them all up right like hang on what's that card do <laughs> do you know what that that's card does what i know what it does that's usually what happens when you play an astral yeah. cornucopia though it's x x x for mm-hmm. an artifact you put 
a a charge counter on Astro Cornucopia for each yep. X. So like if it's one, you pay three mana, you get to put one counter on it, mm-hmm. and you get to tap and choose a color of mana, and you get to make that color of mana. It for is, each counter on it. For each counter on it. Yeah. It is effectively the it's the only zero mana mana rock that is legal in Pioneer. We don't have over ever flowing chalice. Yeah. But it's a zero that stays around that has secret mode of didn't hit my fourth land drop, but I played this on turn three. So yeah. I, I can cast my spell. Secret mode. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Yes. Actually cast it. Actually cast spell. Hey, yeah, yeah I've, I mean, I have playing that deck, I have found that um, Ugin's Conjurant has a secret mode of being a 2 2. It does. It's like, oh, I need to bot block a Muxus's turn and then kill them. Two two, <laughs> Muxus block go to one, yep. play play land combo off, kill you, GGS GGS yeah like this is the time to try to push the envelope in Pioneer and find that next deck because mm-hmm. there are enough cards that there's a combo deck in the format like basically inverter like we kind of backed into because they printed a ridiculous combo card and Kethis. Mm-hmm. The check house made a standard deck. <laughs> and then when it rotated out and they announced Pioneer, it was like, we just get to play the standard deck, right? And they're like, yeah. with Urborg. And there's like, ooh, upgrade. Yeah. And that it's was the deck. Better. Yeah, and that was the deck. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get Oath of Nyssa, Hope of Gearper, and Urborg. Cool. This deck's yep. way better now. So, so you want to bring this full circle? And sure. since you were just talking about how, you know, now is the time to find the next combo deck, does any of this actually matter if there's no events? Like, are, are people going to go back to Pioneer because they banned combo out of it? I, or I've seen that more, I've seen more tweets about Pioneer mm-hmm. recently on like Arena Deck List and, um, Todd Anderson was streaming Pioneer, which is something he hadn't done in a while. So I think there might be a little bit more interest. But at the same time, like you're not going to get that broad interest because it's locked behind the Magic Online like right. paywall. Right. When, if they bring enough of Pioneer to Arena... Mm-hmm. that people feel like they're getting an authentic pioneer experience. Right. I think that you're going to see a ton more interest. Mm-hmm. I think that it runs the risk of historic becoming like wholly irrelevant. I'm, I mean, I think that that's a real thing anyway. Yeah. Like I don't I see, know, I know they're trying to pump a whole bunch of like cards that aren't in pioneer into historic, but I don't, I also don't know that that matters. The only, I think the only way they it matters is if they do an arena open with historic, or they yeah. do a players tour with historic. But mm-hmm. then it's going to be kind of like how modern was when it was a pro tour format. Pi, uh, modern was a thing that was happening, and a lot of people mm-hmm. played modern, but right. modern would rise to like the top of the magic consciousness. Basically, every like October, right? Yeah. Starting in October, it was like, oh yeah, the modern Pro Tour is coming up in January. I need to like figure out the meta game, and I need to start like 
you know, focusing on what my deck's going to be. Right. There was always like, I think it was the fall was modern season. Yeah. When they would have the modern PTQs and uh, things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. But then like in the spring and summer, modern was there, but not at the forefront. forefront. Yeah. Right. And I think historic might do something similar where they do a gimmicky tournament for historic. Yeah. And so people care, but then pioneer will be the eternal format on arena that people go to and play. Right. As like an escape from standard. Yep. As opposed to historic. Cause I think that's all historic is. Mm-hmm. I think historic is, Oh man, I don't want to play standard right now. <laughs> I'm going to play some historic. goblin. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was for me. I was like, I need to get four wins. I want to play approximately 16 turns. Yeah. I'm going to play (laughs) song of creation combo. I'm going to mulligan to song. And if I draw my fourth land, I'm going to win the game. And if I don't, I'm going to lose. Okay. Let's, let's play some polarized games here. (laughs) Speaking of historic and our escape historic was wrought with unfun play patterns and repetitiveness. Yeah, and why was that? Because of Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi. So by extension, one could say that Standard was full of unfun <laughs> play patterns and repetitiveness due to Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like they weren't doing good thi- They weren't like being fun in Standard, but too omnipresent, but being unfun and historic. Right. Um, so they got rid of Wilderness Reclamation and Teferi, uh, Time Raveler. Mm-hmm. So, if you missed it, um, again, I will give his full title. Our Lord and Savior, Crokey's greatest magic player alive. <laughs> he um, had sent out a tweet where he was like, I apologize for putting Wilderness Reclamation into Historic. Right. And basically, he was just playing a Team Wreck yeah. with Field of the Dead. Right. So, you had the, I'm going to play Field of the Dead... And if you don't answer that, I'm just going to bury you with zombies. And if you focus on beating my zombies, I'll just explosion you for everything. Right. And oh, yeah, oops, I also have an Uro. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically, he was playing the deck that would be in standard if nothing was banned. True. Like, think about that. We just, like, Field of the Dead existed in standard for, like, four months Mm -hmm. and we just kind of forget that it should still be here should still be here and the only way you had to interact with that card was field of the dead (laughs) not field of the dead uh field of of ruin Ruin, which not good enough right not good enough so yeah so basically that deck went from not existing to like the only thing to do in um uh, historic, partly because uh, of Magma Quake. Yeah. Because you know what? You need to give the deck that has infinite mana at instant <laughs> speed and instant speed wrath. Yeah. So good good job, Jumpstart slash historic <laughs> team. You know what? From the team that brought you Muxus. <laughs> that card is an atrocious design as well. Yeah. In Muxus's defense, Muxus is A plus 100% yeah. 
an absolutely fine commander. It is. A hundred percent. I want to play goblins and I don't want to play Cranko as my commander. Yep. Congratulations, Muxus. Muxus. It is not okay in a format where people are like seriously playing the card Empyrean Eagle. <laughs> yeah, unironically. Yeah, that they're like, I'm going to flash to my Spectral Sailor. I'm going to play this 2-2 that reduces the cost of all my flyers, and now I'm going to play an Empyrean <laughs> Eagle on turn three. I'm going to attack you for six. And you're just yeah. like, four to you. Your move. <laughs> it's like, no. No, not okay together. And yeah. then the other card that they took out of Historic was Teferi. Again, see much of their player base confused and thinking the card is bugged. Yeah. Also not fun and repetitive. Also not fun and repetitive. Yeah. So what's going to happen? Well, you see, they're going to tap three mana. And if they resolve a Teferi, I'm going to have to concede the game. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because you see how these cards in my hand all say instant? <laughs> I can't play any of they them. They don't do anything anymore. Right. So that's bad? Oh, that's real bad. Oh, cool. Yeah. This says counter target spell. I could just set this aside now. <laughs> Actually does nothing. Actually does nothing. I kept wanting to bring this up as we were talking about the historic and standard bands. Yeah. But um, part of why they did this was it seemed like they were responding to a lot of outcry from the yeah. community. I'm glad you feel the same way because I could see like this next section that I have written here like being, well, kind of exactly like what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if everybody's going to agree with it or not. It was just something that I had witnessed and felt, and I wanted to kind of get my feelings out there and let some people know that like there comes a point where you have to like think on your own a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. After the last BNR where I think everybody pretty much agreed that they didn't do enough. It definitely feels like they tried to fix that this time around. Right. Yeah. It feels like they were like, well, what are the cards that everyone's complaining about? Right. Let's get rid of those. Right. And since this BNR, it's so it's kind of a good thing that we had to give it a couple of days for me to get back in town and to record this episode. I've seen, I don't want to single anybody out because it's not like a specific problem to a content creator, but I have seen multiple content creators say that this BNR went too far. There's too many bands. I guess I don't know what you expect wizards to do. You know what I mean? Like they are, they are still people and their job is extremely difficult. The whole part of their game that is social kind of lends itself to content creation and to streaming and to podcasts and to everything else. And the whole game behind that is like social media, right? So yeah. whatever you have, whatever people you're talking to, you want to try and rally behind you. And hopefully that turns into more people and more people and more people. So content creators are incentivized to be very polar. Either this is the most broken deck that's ever existed, or this is the worst idea that's ever happened in magic. And there's nothing in the middle. Like there's no good job wizards of the coast. There's no, okay, this, this was fine. Everything is either the best thing that's ever happened or the worst thing that's ever happened. That's consistent in, and like kind of 
all of life, people are really hard at nuance or really right. bad at nuance, right? Yeah. Is it either this is the best thing ever or the worst thing ever? It's hard to find that happy middle ground. Continue. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's basically it is that like since this announcement, I thought it was a good announcement. They were all changes that I was thinking about and things that I thought, you know, would improve the format some. Now, granted, I don't know that they should have banned all combo out of pioneer like i think combo is fine to have around in some measure but there's people that are saying it's too much now and like do you is that really their opinion or are they trying like to get needing, clicks yeah trying to get clicks trying to make a name for themselves you know what i mean like it doesn't it puts wizards in a really tough spot so, where they have to kind of balance like you know what's actually happening in the game versus what you know, the people with pitchforks and torches are saying the perceived, the perception of what's happening, what's going on right. in the game. So right. my, my new favorite Twitch streamer and Zid MTG, uh, mm-hmm. again, he's uh, Anarag. He's made, I think it's Anarag, uh, or Anu. He's, he makes uh, C, uh, CFP videos now on legacy. They're mm-hmm. great. Yeah. You should watch them. I yeah. watched, I've watched two where he does, uh, where he just sits down with someone who is like, kind of a magic online grinder expert on a certain deck mm-hmm. and just walks you through like every single decision they had like Bryant cook who made tests. Yeah. And he was like, Oh yeah, I've played over like 700 matches with this deck since they banned Loris. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So like when he goes through something, but anyway, he pointed out, he was like, I don't like social media mm-hmm. because like the like the nuance take or the thing that is you know like measured mm-hmm. doesn't get a reaction right you have to like turn it up and but you have to do social media it's part right. of the job so right. you have exactly. a lot of people that are having to make a lot of hot takes mm-hmm. to like stay relevant yeah but I was going to say, like, while they might be responding to community outcry, mm-hmm. but it's part of me that's like, Wilderness Wreck and Teferi were legal for too long, if anything. Yes. No, I agree. Like like I said, I think the you know most of these bands are completely fine and the right thing to do. It just really struck me as, like, poor taste for, in some cases, the exact same people that were clamoring for more bands are now on the train of there's too many bands. And the only the only thing that makes sense in my mind is that it's for clicks. The only thing I can say is is that to counter that is maybe it's one thing to say there needs to be bans, but mm-hmm. then when it happens and you look at the size of the ban list, yeah, right. I don't know if the there are too many bans is coming from a place of I wish these cards were legal. Or there's been a failure in development and design. Yeah. Thus, we have too many bans. Because one of them be like, oh, they need to ban Growth Spiral. Oh, the card's awful. But then the Growth Spiral gets banned, and you're like, oh, I can't believe I they... wish I had Growth Spiral. <laughs> or I have thought that. Yeah. But because you, for the last year and a half, you just had Growth Spiral. Right. Uh, you're just used to it. But then you're just like, oh, man, I can't believe how big the ban list is. They've messed mm-hmm. up. Right. And um, 
Well, think, right, but like that would be a fine take to have, though, and that's a take that we've had, and that's a yeah. take that you know other people have had. But that's not that's not what I'm seeing yeah. right now. But you if, know it's what just, I mean? There's a if it's just like I like, can't believe they banned uh, wilderness reclamation, yeah. and it's like fool. Like I can go find, I can get the receipts of you saying wilderness reclamation should be banned. Right. Right. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't simultaneously be like wilderness reclamation is terrible. And like pour one out for my homie wilderness reclamation. <laughs> you, you can't do both. You got to pick a side. Yeah. And you picked your side three months ago, but now you're picking the other side because you can get engagement or, right. or something. I think that like, Part of the reason that they banned these is because they were getting bombarded with, I don't want to play magic because of wilderness mm-hmm. reclamation. And during right. the like PT finals, the number of people like, I can't believe how like trash you've let your flagship format become your games unplayable because of this. Yeah. Um, did you see the uh, drama? That the like official Watsi esports account. No, uh, they were like, people are sliding into my DMs complaining about wilderness reclamation, but here I am with uh, just playing all swamps in the PT finals, and like people yeah. just melted down. It's oh. like, ah, uh, I can't believe you're saying this and just like disregarding the feelings of so many of your player base. And I was like, <laughs> calm down. Again, in the words of Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm forty. Like <laughs> like calm down. Was it a bad was it a not funny joke? Yes. But like like wizards started doing damage control and oh, man. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. As people yeah. were like, Oh, you so don't care about us, blah blah blah. And it's like it was a bad joke by I'm assuming someone who's like twenty four and whose job is to like they're paid in tweets per minute or something. <laughs> like, they, yeah. They're like probably tweeting for four accounts. Like we Do can't you know how you stop sweeping the floor. You make good tweets. Now get on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know who, you know, who's really high up in Twitter. Wendy's and Wendy's Twitter account is just the meanest, most horrible thing ever. <laughs> Some of their tweets are just absurd. What was the one? Hey, Wendy's, is it bad that I uh, uh, eat Wendy's in a McDonald's parking lot? And Wendy's response was, you probably raised the property value. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, uh, so they just, people were so upset about playing the same decks. Yeah. And, like, that's part of the problem. I think we said it before is, like, if the power creep was we printed 10 tens a set, mm-hmm. right? So now I can play 10 different decks that are playing a 10 each. Right. Right. But what has happened, and this goes back to when we have really good mana in standard, yeah, is if you print, print three tens. Mm-hmm. You can just, in three different colors, you can just put them all in the same deck. Yeah, and especially when the 10s, like, help fix your colors or yeah. help, you know, find you more colors or what. Yeah, or, you know, I think that, you know, Uro might be like a 12. Yeah. 
And so you have to play Uro. Right. And then you just pick a color to play with Uro. But like yeah. when you have one or two cards that are just way more powerful than everything else. Yeah. It just, you just have to play those. So think about like Archangel Avison. Like right. that card was far and away. Oh yeah. The best card in that format. Mm-hmm. So you had to play white. Right. It was what do you want to do with white? But it was play white because mm-hmm. you have to have Avison in your deck because it's an 11 and the next best card's a nine. Right. Right. And like they keep running into these problems where they keep printing these cards that are absurd and then it just wraps the format around them or like the text box on the card isn't absurd but then the the circumstances of the format yeah make the card absurd absurd because i mean even something like cauldron familiar a one mana one one that drains you when it comes into play Mm -hmm. is not a big deal Right. But you combine it with Witch's Oven and Priests of Forgotten Gods and Mayhem Devil, yeah. right? Now you have a card that is just the cornerstone of a deck. Right. And you're just like, ah. Oh. So they're, well, they're just keeping According to your new favorite legacy streamer, it's also legacy playable. Uh, Cauldron Familiar? Yeah. I've not seen this one. Yeah, oh, in yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lauren deck. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. But they keep printing, like, you know, Underworld Breach, if you read that card, yeah, right? If you print that card and give it to someone who knows nothing about magic, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, oh, man, that card doesn't, seems fine. I don't even know what, it doesn't do anything, <laughs> right? Doesn't but, do anything. But then you give it to someone who has, like, a deep understanding of everything that you can do. And yeah. that text box is absurd. Well, it's like bridge from below, right? Yeah, bridge from below. The, like the card does actual nothing. It is black, black, black for no text box in play. It is right. three devotion to black. Right. But in the right deck, the card is nuts. Mm-hmm. So they keep printing those kind of cards, but then they throw in an Uro or you know some level like a questing beast. Just Oko. cards that, in, yeah, Oko. Just cards in any deck that can cast them, yeah, are ridiculous. Yep. And then you're just like, oh, I have to play this now. So <laughs> they're not gonna have like a good like community like response until they kind of fix this design issue of like the pushed face card for right. the set right because think about like ember we got to put ember on the box yeah it's got to be good it's got to be good and they turn some knobs and they have to ban it because oh my god it's too good right and so they just keep printing all of these like you know cards that are just kind of a little out of range of everything else if the power and everything yeah. came up like that's crushing the old formats but it makes mm-hmm. standard fine Right, if there are like six different decks you can play, yeah, that's fine. But when it boils down to like you can play three decks and the games play out the exact same way because that's just what happens, then right. that's where they because have the problem. Playing 
light light simic and dark simic and spicy simic. Yeah, this is something that also has come up. Is we're super ban happy now. Yeah, and I don't know if it is because they are printing these twelves mm-hmm. that like just can't be dealt with. Right. Or if it's, or if it's because people eventually just kind of like throw their hands up, go like, well, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And they banned and, this card, so they should ban this one as well. Right. Well, I mean, that was like when um, when I won that last PTQ back when or uh, PPTQ back when we had them. I was playing the Golgari Explorer deck, and my opponent in the last round was playing Mono Red. And <laughs> when I beat him, he went on this like rant for twenty minutes to anybody that would listen about how. Wild Growth Walker needed to be banned. It's an unfair magic card. Well, no, like Wild Growth Walker is a completely fine magic card and honestly is just draft chaff. But because it countered his red deck, it had to be banned. Well, no, that's not how bans work. You know what I, I mean? I think that Wild Growth Growth Walker, I don't know if it was a fine magic card, just because like it falls into the like Long Tusk Cub, uh, what is like a two drop now that does the same thing? Uh, like Runaway Steamkin, mm-hmm. where like it's a two mana card that becomes like a twelve twelve, or I guess yeah. it's twelve like a twelve fourteen, yeah. and you have to build around it to get paid off. It's like it's a it's an uncommon build around, mm-hmm. but like it just. It's one of those cards that just feels weird that it's like a Johnny's Pride Bait. Like a Johnny's Pride Bait when it's right. a two two, you're like, whatever. When it's a six six, you're like, dear God, this two mana thing has totally outscaled everything. Yeah. And so it feels weird. It's it's like a a DIY Tarmogoyf. Yeah, but I mean like traditionally weird. that that deck isn't like ban worthy though. Oh you know no, I mean? no, no. I'm not, I'm not agreeing, but I'm just saying it is a card that when it's the one three, yeah, it was it was a card that if you were playing red in any way, shape, or form, you had to answer immediately, right. or you lost the game. Mm-hmm. And you know, and those are those are weird cards. I think we talked about it a while back. Like your fundamental turn, yeah. Like when do you have to have interaction? Right, and you have to have interaction for that on turn two, or the mm-hmm. game ended if you played a mountain in your deck. We're just like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm done. Um, I mean, it's similar to Edgewall Innkeeper and Lucky Clover. Yes, that's true. Right? Like, Edgewall Innkeeper, it's a one mana one one. Who cares? Until right. it draws them eight cards. Yeah. And it's like, oh, or I have three ha- cards in a turn. Yeah. It's like, I have to have a shock or I just lose to this card. Right. And that's a weird place to be to a one mana one one. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it was like the Oko standard, right? Yeah. Like, I built an entire deck around having turn one shock right, to kill Gilded Goose so I could get an extra turn so I could draw interaction for an Oko. Mm-hmm. Right? My whole deck was built around, I either have to have shock or mystical dispute on turn one so yeah. that I can kill a Gilded Goose or yeah. counter an Oko. Yep. And it's like, and so those like low mana things that like spiral oftentimes aren't fun, but like yeah. that one is not ban worthy. I don't think that Edgewall Innkeeper is ban worthy. It's just a creature, but it right. does fundamentally change how you can play the game. 
Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, like to a certain extent, Flourishing Fox was the same way. Oh yeah, like I mean, not that the cycling deck is still around, but which I think it could be. Like I played against it in Best of One, and I was like, oh yeah, did you? That entire deck's still here. Yeah. Right, like it's still you get the whole bunch of new cyclers with Amonkhet. Oh, and historic, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that deck's gonna be sweet as my go-to uh, historic artisan deck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the the F and M deck. Yeah. It was, it was historic artisan, and I just was like, oh yeah, I still have cycling. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is great. It's like, imagine if I had cyclers I could actually cast instead of playing <laughs> a bunch of blue blue cards in blue and black cards in my red white deck. Right. But yeah, I think that they have this problem of like one the the like the outsized power and two particularly for draft they build they have these build arounds. Right. And sometimes I feel like they just they turn them up a little too far. Yeah. And that's how we've gotten you know, we've talked about it before like never before I do I think that we got like a ready-made standard deck in like adventures just yeah. like out of a set. And then right. we got mutate out of a set and cycling well, in the same I set. Mean, energy was basically a deck out of a set too though. It was out of two sets though, right? Well, yeah, I guess so. Cuz But they don't they don't do two sets anymore though. Yeah. But Like all of the pieces would have been there if I'm in Ka- or if uh Kaladesh and Aether Revolt were in one set. True. But you you had these they keep making they're not like energy was parasitic it only worked with energy. Right. right? Well, so it's mutate though. Yeah, but they keep making these like parasitic mechanics yeah. like you can you can mutate onto a uh orboreal grazer right right like you it has some interaction with other things but like the cycling deck is parasitic and that it only wants other cyclers right right but they keep making these like parasitic like draft archetypes that are just like a step too good mm-hmm. i guess i miss the days of like cons where like oh the good old days you're really showing your paper boomerness yeah i know but like cons like you know you played it was thought seas from theros fleece main lion right uh from like theros or one of those sets yeah and then like a couple anafenzas a siege rhino and a wingmate scavenging rock. ooze yeah. scavenging ooze was from a core set but yeah. it wasn't just like hey I'm going to put all the morph cards into my deck. Right. Right. Cause I think now if they made cons, the best deck in the format would be the morph deck. They're yeah. like the morph payoffs that were like, you know, was it trail of mystery? You like flip over when you unmorph something, you get to go get a land. Yeah. And then the other one, you flip something over and it gets a counter. Or you draw a card. I don't think it was, you mm. drew a card, right? Those would be like way, way better. Yeah, like Trail of Mystery would be like you flip something over, you draw a card, and you get a land, and you put it onto the battlefield. <laughs> or yeah, something. it's just Uro for unmorphing things. Yeah, or it would be like unmorphing costs morph cost cost one less to play, Ooh. and then when you unmorph something, you draw a card and get a land. It'd yeah. be something like that where you're just like, like it'd be dumb if I didn't play this. <laughs> Why wouldn't I play yeah. this? 
Right. So, yeah. So, like, I think a lot of the, like, creativity and deck building goes away to some degree when you have a lot of decks that are just like, well, smash all the cards with the same keywords together. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we kind of went on a, off on a topic there from Community Outrage. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. It's my fault. So we're going to talk about Double Masters. Yep. So I think we're both in the same boat that we have done like zero drafts. Right. Uh, I've seen a little bit, but... Uh, okay, you're, you're up on me then. I have seen none and done none. I've seen a little bit, uh, like one or two. People yeah. seem to be enjoying it. It does just yeah. have the like master set problem of the draft costs way 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 too much for anyone to legitimately do and you can't legitimately do a draft unless you're on magic online see earlier issues of magic online right the thing though we both have experience with a little bit of finance sweet sweet finance stock yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit about um like reprints in the market and obviously, like we haven't had master sets for a while, but obviously when a card gets reprinted, its value takes a hit. So reprints definitely affect the market. So when you're doing like specs or buying cards or just, you know, growing your collection for you to use at a later time or whatever, there's some things to keep in mind. And one of them is that, you know, if there's a card that's really expensive, that's, you know, a prime reprint target, like over the last you know, two year, two years, whatever wizards has shown that they are more than willing to reprint all of the cards at any time. They with are the exception of fetches. They are aggressively, aggressively yeah. reprinting yeah. Um, cards, like yeah. cards that like normally you wouldn't think would get reprinted. Right. They were going through in spoiler season. They were talking about that. They put engineered explosives in this set. Mm-hmm. And I got my engineer's explosives for like $40. They're like $10 yeah. now. Yeah, a lot of cards like that and are. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Yeah, but like just think about the last six months. We had Mystery Boosters, Jumpstart, and Double Masters yeah, that were like, all like just reprints. Weren't like Send Triplets super expensive before Mystery Boosters? Uh huh. And now they got reprinted in Double Masters, and I think you could buy one for $3. Yes. And like that was like a $100 card. Well, the foil was. The foil the normal was, okay. one was like 50 bucks. It's $3 now. Yeah. It went from $50 to $3 yep. in the span of six months? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, that's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy to think about, and it kind of highlights the dangers of, you know, just randomly buying into cards. Yeah. So yeah. I know, like, when you and I were, you know, evaluating Double Masters or thinking about what we wanted to purchase, I don't even think we actually had this conversation. We were just both on the same page, where really the only things that we cared about in this set was, I mean, there's a couple ex- exceptions, but basically the box toppers. Yeah. I cared about and, like low end, low end collection filling things. Yeah, like I think I picked up some uh, ad nauseums and I picked up some oubliettes. Okay, you and I got. I think I got basalt monoliths too. I got Sharoom the Hegemon and I got Glimmer Void because I didn't have any Glimmer Voids. But then yeah. other than that, 
I kind of looked at what had happened with, um, uh, what are they called? It's like masterpieces. Yeah. Where when they were in print, they were super cheap. And right. now four years on, cards that I spent between 25 and $40 for are a hundred plus dollars. Mm-hmm. And so, and like, that's kind of what I wanted to focus on was like a smarter way to invest. The first thing about like finance that I'm sure, you know, everybody has heard beat to death is the reserve list, right? So the reserve list is cards that wizards has promised to never reprint. And like reserve list is however you feel about it. Like it's not going away. It's there. And I think everybody knows how to invest around reserve list cards. Since the announcement of double masters, reserve list cards have started to move again. They were kind of flat for a long time. Not exactly sure what's causing them to move right now. Like there's other than collectors, people aren't playing with them. Like there's no paper events. So I don't know. I don't really know what's causing them to move right now, but it started off with like some EDH staples and then kind of moved into like some of the mid tier reserve list cards that had started to spike last time there was reserve list movement. And now like the revised duels are coming back up again. Um, I think Tyagas are like $260 now. Savannah's yeah. are $2. The low end dual lands are just absurdly expensive now. Yeah. I think even out across the board. Some, if you were to think about this as if you were like a collector slash investor, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you had a bunch of cards, right? And you've seen mm-hmm. Karn reprinted like three times. Right. Right. At some point, you just have to be like, I can't keep these anymore. Right. They're just going to reprint this into the ground. Mm-hmm. And they have. I mean, Karn I got a mine year for th- ago was $100. I got mine for $30 a piece. I was like, this yeah. is the time. I think I said on the podcast, if it gets like to 25 yeah. and it like 20, I got it between 28 and 30. And I was like, yeah, this is close enough to 25. Yep. It's just if just the time to go. But like mm-hmm. if you have that card, like you're like, I want to get off of this and turn this into pick a reserve list card. Right. Right. Like that makes more sense to me. Mox if, Diamond. Yeah. It makes more sense to me than saying like I have ten carns. It's like right. you can have four carns and a mox diamond. Yep. And that is probably better for you long term. Right. Than having ten carns. Yeah. Because they've shown that those expensive cards, they're just going to reprint them. Right. Because, I mean, they, um, think about all the, like, the different master sets and stuff that has been, that have been done in the last, like, two years, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You had, like, Ultimate Masters. Uh, was it yep. M25? Yep. Gosh, what was before okay. that? Iconic, Iconic Masters. masters. Yep. Uh, had the Modern Masters set. Now we mm-hmm. have double masters. Like they've right. just printed a ton of these. Yeah, plus they, mystery boosters, plus jump start. We forget battle bond. Battle bond, right. modern horizons. Modern horizons, right? So they just keep making all these supplemental sets. Mm-hmm. And like, if your if your card has value because it is being played, the right. way they're printing cards in the standard right now, it might not be played anymore. Hmm. Right. So you're like, okay, I can get off this, you know, I can get off engineered explosives before they like become unplayable and modern. Like, say I had a time machine and could go back six months. (laughs) Right. I can get off these engineered explosives and then I can just buy 
them when they reprint them in six months. Right. And I can end up with some reserve list stuff. So I mm-hmm. think that much like, you know, money moves into gold when the economy's bad. Yeah. Right? Money might be moving into reserve list cards. Because, because the economy's bad? Well, because the economy's bad slash people are if people looked at non reservist cards as investments, yeah. they're starting to see rather quickly. That, uh, well, that's what I meant by the economy. I didn't mean like oh, the actual economy okay. being bad. I meant like the magic. Yeah, but like if you had non-reservalist cards as investments, yeah, you're they're basically saying you can't do that, right? Because we are going to just print all of these cards into the dirt. Oh, we forgot about secret layers too. Yeah, and secret layers, yep. right? Like we're just gonna keep printing these things yep. until we break you. Yep. So, you know, I have thought about like, you know, would it make more sense to condense my collection mm-hmm. and get more reserveless stuff? But most of my collection is playsets. Right. Where it's like, I have four Karns mm-hmm. in case I want to play Karn. Right. You I don't, don't have, have six Karns so yeah. you can move two of them. Yeah. I don't have 60 Karns because I'm, yeah. you know, I hit the lottery and thought I was going to invest in like colorless planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or like, oh hey, I have an I have a bunch of Ugans, and now Ugans in like a standard legal set. Core set, yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh. Went from eighty dollars to two dollars. Yeah. Or uh, twenty dollars. Yeah. Or like Azusa, things like that, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I got this for forty, and it's like they've printed it twice now. Twice. Yeah. In the last like year to eighteen months. Right. And now it's ten dollars, and right. I was like, "Oh, if I would have bought a forty dollars Badlands, it'd be, be three hundred dollars yeah. now." And so, I think that that's like the biggest thing is like, you know, reserve list stuff, and then you have here re- pseudo reserve list, but I just think like unique things. Yeah, like what I meant was stuff that they can't it's not easy for them to reprint or stuff that they just can't reprint. And like, I kind of broke this down into a couple different sections and like, this is the kind of stuff that I keep an eye out for now. The first being like unique effects and mechanics. Like you're not going to put, not that there's any energy cards that need to be, you know, reprinted, but you can't just jam a ra- random energy card into a commander deck or into a master set. Yeah, you like can't the, put bristling the supporting Hydra. cards have to be there. Yeah, you yeah. can't put bristling Hydra in like a random master set. Right. Or like Aetherworks Marvel. Yeah, it just can't happen. Right. It doesn't work like that. Same thing with like devotion. Like if you have a multicolored set or a colorless set, which master sets tend to be you can't put devotion in there because you don't have things that have, you know, two and three pips on color. You know what I mean? The, the support really there. Um, another good example is Stoneforge mystic. Like if there's no good equipment in the set, there's no reason to put Stoneforge mystic in there. I think the ultimate Um, example of this for the longest time mm -hmm. was through the breach. Yes. Remember when through the breach was like $50. Yeah. And, it was just something that was hard to reprint because it had arcane on it. Right. And so like, it's hard to put this card with just this random one-off ability mm-hmm. in your set, unless it's Teferi. Right. Um, but <laughs> so for the longest time, there'd be master sets and then they just wouldn't print 
through the breach. Yeah. And it was like, it's just hard to reprint. Mm-hmm. So just like look for weird oddball mechanics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, th- things that don't make sense without surrounding context. You know, there's a lot of the time spiral block cards yeah. that that aren't super playable, mm-hmm. but there are a handful that are or could be, and those yeah. are the kind of cards that, like, wizard cycling. Not that I'm telling you to buy the card that has wizard cycling on it, <laughs> right? But, like, yeah. that's the only version of that mechanic. Right. Right? There's, like, one or two cards from time spiral mm-hmm. and like if you make a call that hey i think this card is going to be good and i don't think it's something that they can reprint yeah that is something that you can you can make money there like let's right. say that you thought that i don't know snapdax from mm-hmm. icoria was in three years going to be the best creature you could play it's not going to right. but just work with me <laughs> right right it's really hard to throw a card that has mutate right into a random set. Yeah, a random core set or a random commander deck or right because a random anything. It has to have other cards that have mutate on it. Yeah. Otherwise it's just a bad lightning helix. It's kinda like slivers. Yeah. Right? Slivers take up don't ever get reprinted because mm-hmm. they take up so much space in the limited environment. Right. You have to to vote your whole set to supporting slivers mm-hmm. as a draft archetype. Yep, that's the first sub subcategory is unique stuff. Um, the second one that I had down here was things with specific names. They try to stay away from this now, but it used to be you know lands in the set would be or not just lands, but things would be named after the plane they're on. Um, a good example of this is the fast lands from Scars. They were named after places on Mirrodin. So it's really hard to put Black Cleave Cliffs in a normal set because like, it's a place on Mirrodin. Like, the set has to have some tie to Mirrodin in order for you to have Dark Slick Shores or Sea Chrome Coast or whatever. Like Those are actual places. Same it's not with like, the Painlands. Yeah, Painlands are the same way. Like they show up um, in core sets a lot because core sets get to like go back and visit Dominaria. Yeah. Also, like named characters like Avacyn or Kalidus, they're tied to a specific plane. So, outside of, you know, a core set or, you know, a master set too, I guess, but outside of a place where it's tied to a specific plane, like they can't really be reprinted. Yeah. You can't put you- Avacyn on Kaladesh. Right, it doesn't work. There's no no way she can be there. Well, yes. I mean, I guess there is with a planar bridge, but yeah, for the most part, she can't be there. No, can't can't be there. Yeah, those those just kind of get like limit where they can be. Like it's like okay, this can't just be in a random like set. It has right. to be in a set that said the same plane or mm-hmm. you know. A master's product, and depending on how often we get master's products, that limits how often those could show up. Right. Yeah. The next sub, like that one's kind of iffy. I was kind of stretching there a little yeah. bit, but I, I mean, it makes sense. Like the Avacyn that's in this master set didn't get reprinted for a long time. 
uh, yeah. or Angel of Hope or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a sixty or eighty dollar card because it didn't really have any way, any good way to get reprinted. The next subset of cards is cards that like don't currently work good under the rules. Yeah, and there's like two ways to look at this. One one is like Oubliette took 27 26 years to get reprinted because rules don't work the same way now that they did then like the way oubliette was templated it would it breaks the rules kind of they actually had to change the way oubliette works in order to reprint it yeah now phases but in oubliette's defense there was no templating in early magic it's, right, yeah. Hey, I want a card that does this. Okay, write exactly what you want the card to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Put exactly. the word hence in there. Just because. Chains of Mistopheles. Yeah. The what, card just like doesn't work under today's rule. What What is the uh, smallest typeset we can put on a card? We need that right. for this card. Yeah. So, yeah. So if things you need that, a flow chart to know how to resolve your spell. Yes. <laughs> so things like that and you have like things that don't work well on arena that's a lot of the yeah. old cards yeah it's, i mean not even like old cards though there's some recent cards that just don't work on arena because they've changed like the templating and like i know we talked about it before that like the way arena was programmed is that it actually reads the cards you don't have to program the cards in arena can look at a card file and know what the cards do so if you have cards that aren't templated the way that they are currently arena doesn't know what to do with them so i i have a question so then why do we keep talking about we have to program cards into arena for pioneer if we can just feed it a card file it reads the cards and goes oh i know how that works maybe you have to fix like three or four cards but yeah why can't you just like feed it you know shadows over in a shroud that's true like spit out all the cards and yeah. then you know i don't know can you can skip the animations or you can keep them yeah don't care yeah i mean that makes sense i i don't remember exactly when the shift in like rules or templating yeah. was but i mean it wasn't super long ago but it wasn't super recent either I mean, so i don't know they had to change uh cards in ixalan right ixalan yeah, was when true. they did the most recent templating shift where yeah. we went from like a player or planeswalker mm-hmm. to any yep. target, any target, yeah, right. So because it, you know, in the the planeswalker redirection rule, yeah. So like where it separated player from planeswalker, so right. it was it was relatively recent, but mm-hmm. still, just just being grumpy old men. I mean, they want to put all of their sets on arena. Yeah. So cards that don't work well on Arena are not yeah. are not great. Right. So you have Tide Hollow Sculler versus Brain Maggot or Kite Sail Freebooter. So, yeah, just as like, you know, showing a templating change. So Sculler is it's the it's the two line templating. Right. Where brain so Tide Hollow Sculler has two different triggers. Right. It has, look at their hand, exile a card. Mm-hmm. Then it has, if this leaves play, uh, give them their card back. Right. Right? So if you can blink Tide Hollow Sculler with the first trigger on the stack, mm-hmm. 
its second trigger resolves and you just exile the card from the first trigger forever. Right. Never get it back. Where Brain Maggot or Kite Cell Freebooter, it's all one clause. Yeah. So they call it a delayed trigger, right? Something like that. So yeah. basically, if Freebooter comes into play and you blink it, you never get to put a card under it from that first time it came into play. Right. Because you would have put the card under it and then would have put it back in their hand mm. kind of all at the same time. Right. The other, like you have Oblivion Ring versus Banishing Light, which is yeah, an Oblivion same Ring. Same deal. Same deal. I guess the yeah. one that was the biggest was Fiend Hunter versus Banisher Priest. Yeah. Yep. Same a thing. It's easier to blink creatures than enchantments. Yeah. Like Fiend Hunter had exile a creature space when it uh other trigger when it uh leaves the battlefield give it back where right. banisher priest it was all together yep so little templating things like that where they're probably not gonna put tide hollow skeller in a set that goes in arena right just because so, it works differently than things do now yes so then also like cards that you should look to get are the pimped out version of cards that are yeah that are just things that they're not going to print a lot of. Well, not just a lot of, but they're not going to print again. Yeah. Like the Kaladesh inventions. Yeah. Are effectively on the reserve list. Cause they're not going to go reprint that exact version of that card. Right. That border, that artwork. Yeah. So the expeditions from, uh, mm-hmm. Zendikar, Zendikar, the yep. invocations, kind of no matter how you felt about them. Right. They're not getting reprinted. They're not getting reprinted. Right. Right. So, um, you know. And then you, oh, go ahead. I, I was also going to throw in like the showcase cards. I know like this is, typically isn't, you know, something people have thought about yet, I don't think. But the showcase cards probably aren't going to get reprinted either. No. Like if they're going to reprint a. Um, whatever brazen borrower brazen borrower they're not going to re they're going to reprint the regular art they're not going to reprint the showcase the fairy version. tale yeah yeah and so those i think are a little bit harder mm-hmm. just because as of right now there's really only like one or two of them that kind of see like why like eternal play and that's yeah, where that- and that's where a lot of those cards like the alternate versions really shine in cards that are eternal playable. Right. Right. Like Brazen Borrower, like yeah, if you have the the showcase version, like mm-hmm. hold on to that because that thing's going to only go up in value. Right. Right. But like if you have, you know, its cousin uh, Bone Crusher Giant, yeah. It probably doesn't hold it doesn't hold the same value long term more than likely. Yeah, nobody's casting two mana shocks in Legacy. No. No, but we are casting two mana boomerangs. We are casting just boomerang, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Um, Yep. But yeah, those cards are all, like, they're just not going to get reprinted. And Mm -hmm. so if you can get them, especially with how, you know, you're getting this a little late, but the prices for Double Masters cards obscenely low broken yeah i i might have already said this i thought the thought seizes were going to be a hundred dollars for the borderless foils mm-hmm. they were 45 yep 
Um, they went down to 40 or something. And like that, yeah. they were cheaper than the non-foils because everyone was just opening collector boosters. Yeah. And so real quick on that, I, I know you mentioned that this might be too late. I don't think this is too late because, because of the way that Double Masters is being released, um, they had printed all of the VIP boosters and then went to go print the regular booster boxes and printers shut down because of COVID. They did not get the complete print run of Double Masters printed like in the time they needed to before release. So there is going to be at least one more wave of Double Masters, if not two, but there are not going to be any more VIP boosters. And the only way to get the foil borderless cards is in the VIP boosters. So I don't think that it's too late to pick up the foil borderless cards. Okay. I think that, and I don't think people fully realize that yet either. They are starting to come back up. So you did miss the bottom, but I still feel even when you guys hear this, you know, later on this week, I still feel that they're going to be underpriced compared to where they are going to be, especially the high played ones. Like you said, thought seas or blood moon, or like the exploration, the explorations have doubled already. I bought mine for like 36 bucks over the weekend and they're up to 60 now. Yeah. So like I said, I think that, you know, if you get a, even if you get thought seasons, not at 45, if they're the foil ones are 60, mm-hmm. I think the ceiling, no, I still think you're doing good. I think the ceiling on that card is probably a hundred to 150. Oh Yeah. What are I, the invocation ones? They're like a hundred bucks, right? They're a hundred dollars. They've been a hundred dollars since they were printed. I yeah. bought mine and, for a hundred three years ago, and they are a hundred dollars still. Yeah, and I think that the new one's prettier. Yeah, I do as well. The other thing, and this is where James has uh, cornered the uh, market on on me at least, is sealed product. Yeah, I'm kind of a hoarder of sealed product. I have a whole wall of it over here. Sealed product is kind of weird. Because you have to have some measure of self-control, I guess, to not crack it. But you can't ever like uncrack a box. You can always take sealed product and break it up into singles and sell it. But you can't ever put those singles back into the box to sell it as a box. So sealed product will only get harder to find as it ages. And it also has added value of being able to draft out of it. So typically the price of, you know, a sealed box of whatever set is going to be sometimes significantly more, but usually, you know, some amount more of like the EV of the set, just because like there's value in drafting it and there's value because it's only going to get rarer as it ages. The one caveat I have here is I don't know what set boosters are going to do to sealed product because you're kind of, splitting the value of the draft out of the value of the sealed product. You know what I mean? Or out of the value of the singles. Yeah. That is something that we hadn't thought about, right? Like a box of set booster loses the ability to draft it. Right. So how much of a box's value is the singles inside? Right. Versus the, the ability to draft it. Mm Because like, some of those hard to like tease out because cons was going back to cons. Cons was a great draft environment, but it also had fetch right. lands in it. Right. So how much of the value of a cons box is 
getting to be able to draft five color uh, morph right trail of mystery deck and how much of it is you I think you pretty much got three to four fetch lands every box you opened yep um, and how much of it is is I'm gonna get three fetches right yeah I'm not sure that, that was a thought that I had while I was writing this up and again I don't think it's something that a lot of people are thinking about right now but it is certainly going to affect you know, value of sealed product going forward. I just don't know to what extent. Yeah. I know I have a few things like, um, I've bought some, I guess they're, what are they now? They're not fat packs. They were fat bundles. packs. Bundles. They're bundles. Uh, back when every so often, uh, Barnes and Noble would have them and they would put them on clearance. Yep. My wife bought me a stack for like $10 a piece once. <laughs> so I have yeah. a bunch of dragons and cons, I think. Oh, okay. Fat that, packs. Those are good ones. Or dragons yep. and fate reforged, like yeah, like high quality. Yeah, but yeah, you can get fetches and fate reforged. Yes, you can. They were in the land. They were in the like dual land slot. Yep. With the con set symbol on them. Mm-hmm. Good times. <laughs> if it wasn't confusing enough. Yeah, yeah. I think these are all reasonable ways to like you know, invest. I think it is getting harder to like pick cards that you think are going to like appreciate and value that aren't, you know, reserve list cards or like you said, random cards that are hard to reprint, like Grimflare. Yeah. Right. right. Like if you think, oh like Grim Flayers are gonna go through the roof. Yeah. Okay. That card's hard to reprint because it's got delirium. Right. Yep. But, you know, if, you know, random rare from, I don't know, Hour of Devastation mm-hmm. goes to $80, right. there's really not a whole lot in that set they can't reprint, I guess, if it had cycling. But they rent bomb. You're in bomb, yeah. But, like, they just are like, okay, we can print that. Or, I guess, Ixalan. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Like, they'll put a random card with raid in a set. They'll just be like, here we go, whatever. Um, they have, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I think that the the days of, like, getting cards that are, like, modern staples mm-hmm. and trying to ride them yeah. up is kind of gone because of how many products we have. Yeah, all of the products. All of the products. So the last thing, really quick, because uh, my wife said, when you're done recording, you get the baby, is yeah. uh, Arena. So... We had the state of the game. The we big did. thing that I think we already knew about was Amonkhet Remastered, which comes out this Thursday. We mentioned it at the Should top of the out. podcast. Yep. Um, so it's uh, 338 cards yep. that are a mashup of Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation. And some random stuff. And some <laughs> ridiculously <laughs> random stuff. Yeah. So random stuff like Pact of Negation, Thoughtseize. Collected Company. Collected Company, which I didn't see. Hornet Queen, Wrath of God, Rest in Peace. So I feel like they were trying to shoehorn some um, cards into... Pioneer. Pioneer. Historic. Historic and and then kind of like seed some cards into Pioneer so that when they do Pioneer Masters, they don't have to put Thoughtseize in it anymore. Right. Because, hey, we already have Thoughtseize. Ta-da. Um, 
So, like we said, we're going to try to get a draft in at some point. Yep. So this is, you can get this from Boosters, mm-hmm. uh, which is a step up from Jumpstart. Right. <laughs> uh, you can do sealed and drafts. Mm-hmm. And just like every other card on Arena, you can craft them. Yep. So they wanted to make a fun, limited experience that also involved Pact of Negation. <laughs> and Wrath of God. And Wrath of God. Yeah, you, you know what makes a limited format really fun? Format of Wrath. Right. Like, huh. Did they, are they just missing a color? Do they only have five drops? Oh, no, they just four for one to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a fun and enjoyable limited experience. This limited environment also has... Um... Approach to the second sun, so get ready for that. Oh. <laughs> I took down a Pro Tour champion with Approach to the Second Sun. <laughs> he was salty AF. I can only imagine. Good game. No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you. it wasn't. Thank okay, you. Okay, then. Cool. Good talk. <laughs> yep. So they wanted to create interesting and repeatable uh, limited player experience. Sure. The thing that worries me is if you remember our, not sorry, if you remember mm-hmm. Amonkhet, Amonkhet yeah. was probably the most aggressive format we have had since Zendikar. Yeah. And not I didn't play Zendikar, but I just, Zendikar is always like the 10 on the speed right. thing and exert. Yeah. Your cards have no text box unless you're attacking. <laughs> certainly incentivizes you to attack. And so you just beat down and they have some of the better exert creatures yeah. in the set. So that kind of worries me that it will be pretty aggressive. But then you had our, which was like all dirtles all the time. Right. So maybe it comes out in the middle or maybe, maybe. you just can't play dirtles. Or maybe because it's a 340 card set, you run your dirtle deck into the aggressive deck all day long because your pod was all dirtles and the pod next to you was all aggressive. Yeah. So their big goal for this was like providing support for historic and pioneer. Yeah. Eventually. I think an interesting thing that we could do once we had the full set list Mm -hmm. is, I don't know the top 10 cards you want to craft. If you want to play, yeah, like historic or pioneer because That's there's a, a lot idea. there's a lot of cards that like you don't need to touch, mm-hmm. like glory bound initiate right. cards a house in limited, right? You don't even bother to try to brew with it. No, glory bringer on the other hand, glory bringer get all them. That yeah. card well, is right, absurd. but like that card you want to draft too. You want to draft it, yeah. You want to draft it, but yeah. you also like if you're like. I'm going to spend 40 rare wild cards to get 10 play sets or something. Yeah. What are the 10 things you should get? Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. I'll work on that. Uh, I think the set list will be out Wednesday. Yeah. Like, so maybe I'll work on that and I'll post it in discord. So yeah. hop over to our discord and check that out while you're listening to this. Yeah. We're old timey paper boomers. We know all these cards. That's right. Yeah. The other kind of big change is jumpstart and soon. Like yeah. on the sixteenth, yeah, I think it is. In my heart, Jumpstart ended ended three weeks ago. <laughs> it ended like the Monday after it began. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, and I'm done. Yep. Thank you for playing. 
And then uh, they've started doing the like rotation refresh thing where if you remember what happened uh, last fall, mm-hmm. we like you could earn access to cards from Throne of Eldraine. Like, yeah, I know. Was it all of the Sirs? Well, it was the Brawl decks, right? They released the Brawl decks first. Yeah, they did the Brawl decks, but you couldn't keep those. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, true. Right, but then you, you got, like, Sir Farron. Yeah. Or Sir Sir Conrad, for yeah. sure. So there are a couple, like, there are a couple cards that you could, like, play in special, like, future standard events. Right. They're bringing those back so you can play, uh, like, your cards in what standard might look like, you know, with, you know, 10 cards from the new set. Yeah. So they're doing that as well to kind of just get people ready for rotation. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the eggs coming back too. So if you remember last time we had rotation, they gave you kind of a bonus for playing through like the whole whatever and making it to rotation. And they give you like some booster packs and some individual card rewards and like a set of sleeves or something just for to kind of help you through the rotation because they know you can't play you know, the cards that are rotating out in standard anymore. Yeah. They did announce one more change to Brawl. If any of you guys play Brawl, I know I hop on once in a while when I need a change of pace from beating my face against Uros all day. But they said that they're going to try and improve matchmaking for Brawl, where the more powerful commanders, they're going to try and pair against more powerful commanders. And the jankier decks, they're going to try and pair against jankier decks, which is kind of nice i mean we'll see how it actually works but yeah um, i think that was it they they banned rune halo and what was the other card gideon's intervention oh okay in brawl in historic brawl well rune halo is in current brawl right oh yeah that's true and then yeah in historic brawl they're gonna ban rune halo and gideon's intervention because yeah. they, they're going back to the we don't want a single card that can just turn off a commander. Right. So, you know, if your commander attacks, you're just like, ruined Halo, sucker. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's about everything for Arena. Sorry that went quick, but like I said, I, I got a parent, so I don't get divorced. No, nope. uh, that's fine. We were running long. I had a yeah. feeling this episode. Yeah, you were gone for a while, and then you I had, was. You had a lot to say. Yeah, we had to spread all this stuff out. We had three weeks worth of stuff. We had to spread over two weeks. Yeah. So uh, with that, I think we have a show. I think we do. That so, is a wrap. If you want to get at us on Twitter, you can uh, find us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do that at show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. If you want to check out any of our uh, finance picks or have an idea about speculations or whatever, you can pick them up through TCG player using our TCG affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. After following that link, whatever you purchase, we will get a very small sliver of that helps keep the show going. Every, every little bit helps. So make sure if you're going to pick anything up, you use that link. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, uh, patrons get access to our show notes the day before the show comes out. And we also, you know, do a pre-show ramble, just kind of a couple friends catching up. 
and uh, we record that and let you listen to it if you want to. Also, we didn't mention at the top of the show that we have a Discord, and the link for that is in the description. It's also on our Twitter and our Facebook. Uh, We pop in there pretty regularly to see what's going on. One of the perks of our Patreon is that we also have a Patreon-only finance room in our Discord that we tend to share our speculations and you know spikes and whatever's going on in the finance world i think i definitely put up the price of thought sees like three or four times as it was falling yeah everything that i was interested in i watched pretty closely over the weekend and it seemed like prices bottomed out like late saturday night early sunday morning and then they started to rise again so like i said earlier i don't think you're too late if you get cards, you know, the weekend after you guys are listening to this, because I still think the prices are going to climb, but you did probably miss the bottom. Yeah. But if they're going to go up, like lock it, lock in your price now. If, if Oh you yeah. Can. Yep. Absolutely. So, There's certainly room to grow on most of them. Yes. So with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you guys on the interwebs.